What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every weeknight uh, from Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We've got multiple new Cowboys articles in there every single day, so make sure you check that out. And tonight on the show, we will focus on what is perhaps the biggest concern for Cowboys fans, and I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles within the NFC East, because by now, you've heard about it. You've heard that the Eagles have A.J. Brown on their offense. They're adding him to a group that already had Devonta Smith. They have Dallas Goddard on that offense. They have a pretty good offensive line. So this is actually a team that could threaten the Cowboys for the division title. And since the the Cowboys or the Eagles or any team in the NFC East hasn't won the division in back-to-back years since 2004, there are reasons to be concerned, right? And tonight, we will focus on specifically for this Cowboys matchup, what are two of the major concerns for me? Because... The the Eagles are legit. And actually, let me put this question out there in the chat right now. How many wins will it take to win the NFC East, do you believe? The Cowboys won it with 12 last year. But now the Eagles are closer to the nine wins, according to preseason odds from odds makers and, and, you know, sports books. Many sports books have them at nine wins. So how many wins will it take to win the NFC East in your opinion? And this feels even more important given the number one reason for concern in my eye that we will dive into in just a few moments. Because we've got Gregory going with the 11, Toxic Tom with the 10, 11 for Tommy, uh, Craig with the 10 over at Facebook, Tammy 11, Robert as well over at Facebook. And 11 is is a decent number maybe, but here is the thing. And here is my number one reason for concern in the Cowboys Eagles conversation. If you look at the strength of schedule for each of these teams, you will see that the Cowboys have the easiest schedule in the league. But that is, if you look at the incorrect strength of schedule metric, which is last year's win loss record. Instead What we should do is projected strength of schedule using projected wins for each and every one of these teams because that model has proven year after year to be way more accurate as to where the teams rank at the end of the year in strength of schedule. And based on that and using Warren Sharp's model from SharpFootballAnalysis.com, I do recommend his preseason guide if you are into analytics, if you are into the nerdy numbers of football. He puts together a yearly preseason guide, and it's pretty good content. According to that model, the Cowboys Sorry about that small hiccup. I I believe we're back. I think I was 
connected to the wrong network here at the at the studio. But anyways, the Cowboys have the the tenth easiest schedule in the league, which is a pretty favorable situation. But the thing is that the Eagles rank second in the league in terms of how easy their schedule is. And that definitely matters. That definitely matters in the NFL. How much, you might ask. And according to the numbers from Warren Sharp, out of the 10 teams that had the easiest schedule last year, only three of them went under. They had seven teams go over the projected win total, which right now for the Eagles stands at eight and a half. So since they have such an easy schedule, they might end above that mark. They might end at 10 wins or nine wins at worst, maybe. I would say that to win the NFC East, you probably need 11 best case scenario. The Eagles' schedule is so easy that this division might get tough way quicker than many of us would expect it to. Only three of the of the top 10 teams with the easiest schedules didn't go over on their projected win totals for the 2021 regular season. Now, I, I, I fully agree with Mark Andrew here that says one game at a time. That is how the team should approach it. But these numbers are relevant because they had some statistical value to them, right? So that, that's why I'm trying to look at this right now. They're the second easiest schedule in the NFL, the Eagles are. And the Cowboys still in a good spot at number 10, but not as good as those top three. Another point that was very important is that the three teams from last year that had the easiest schedules in the league, all of them went over. And the three teams that had the toughest schedules, all of them went under. That doesn't necessarily mean that that will translate for the 2022 NFL season, but it does give you an idea as to why it can get tough for the Cowboys in the NFC East. Now, that was just number one. Number two, and this will be more on the football side of things, is the Eagles offensive line. I believe that, and again, this is a show in which we try to be as subjective as possible, so we will give the Eagles some credit, even if we as Cowboys followers and Cowboys fans do not want to do it. We need to do it from time to time. They have put together a very good offensive line at this point. And remember how yesterday we talked about how the Cowboys defensive line might be an overlooked weakness for the team. And this wasn't from last night. Excuse me. This was what from Sunday night, if I'm not mistaken. But a Cowboys defensive line needs to answer a lot of question marks. Who will step up at defensive tackle? Will Ozo Dizua actually break out as a sophomore? Because he showed us a lot of promising flashes as a rookie. Will they translate into a breakout sophomore year? Will Dante Fowler, Sam Williams, Durant Armstrong be able to satisfyingly replace Randy Gregory at edge rusher? Because the Eagles have put together actually one of the best lines in football, I would say. You've got Jordan Mailata at left tackle. Lane Johnson, who remains to this date one of the best right tackles in the game. Jason Kelce leads the way at center. And then the guards, you know, we're still talking about upside there. 
but Landon Dickerson will be healthier. We've got Isaac Sumalu as well at right guard. So that's a good offensive line for the Eagles. And if the A.J. Brown addition works out for them, you're talking about a team that has the offensive line to run down your throat and three top-tier receiving options in the passing game. Because A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, in terms of pass catchers, that might be one of the best trios in the league, or at least in the conversation to be. Because you've got Goddard, who's one of the best tight ends, and you've got A.J. Brown, who is in the, maybe not in the tier one of wide receivers, but definitely close to it at worst. It all depends on how well Jalen Hurts will actually play when it's all said and done, and whether or not Jalen Hurts can take the next step as a pocket passer specifically, because we know they can run the football. That's been made clear by now. But can they be consistent in the passing game? Can Jalen Hurts be an answer at quarterback to win those tough games late in the season? But this is a good team. This is a good team for the Eagles. And I, I would argue that the conversation right now is that, as you guys know, the Cowboys have the better quarterback. And it's a clear win for the Cowboys at quarterback, by the way, with Dak Prescott over Jalen Hurts. But if you go position by position, who has the most complete roster? I would have to answer the Eagles today. There are some weak spots, of course, for the Eagles, and I would say safety is one of them. I would say that even though some people are high on their cornerbacks, there is still some reason to doubt them a little bit. Will James Bradbury return to form in 2022? Darius Lay is good, but is he a shutdown cornerback? He isn't, in my opinion. So there are some question marks there, but overall, they have a pretty, pretty well put together roster. Pro Football Focus actually ranked them, ranked their rosters about a week ago or some days ago, and they made the Eagles the seventh best in the league with the Cowboys coming in at 16th. Now, once more, the Cowboys do have Dak Prescott, and that's a huge difference maker, but still something worth considering. Let's see some of your answers here in the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat while you guys give me your answers on this as well. From 1 to 10, how confident are you on the Cowboys defending their division title? Let's see some of your comments here. Dan Quinn says, Sergio, let's go. Toxic Tom says, would you look at that grade uh, to D-Law? I keep hearing he sucks from some Dallas fans. Oh, yeah, D-Law is still an elite player. And I know that he does not have the sacks, blah, blah, blah. But the guy still generates pressure and the guy still, still shines in the run defense game. Fourth best among NFL edge rushers, according to PFF. And I know that we don't go by PFF grades here on primetime, but still... It matters. It does matter. Joey Vela with a question. Can their quarterback throw? And we know that Hurts can throw. Can he do it consistently? Can he do it without escaping the pocket? Without having to escape the pocket? Tommy says, Eagles are not a threat, Mo. Eagles missing the most important positions is Toxic Tom. Slay washed to Samuel Rowe. So here we go. Here we go. Let's look at the scores. From 1 to 10, how confident are you on the Cowboys winning the division? 
on back-to-back -back years. MJ goes in with the 10, Mark with the 7, correct with the 8, Gilbert and Tommy go with the 100, Jack with the 8.5, Gregory with the, with the 10, Bruce with the 8, 6.67 from Lumen, always with the, you know, specific, specific numbers. Five, says Toxic Tom, but because we are our own worst enemies. Eight for Jessica at Facebook. Seven for Alex. So a lot of different answers. We've got a huge range. No one except for Toxic Tom goes as low as six as five, though. I will go, I will go with a seven. And the reason why I will I will go with a seven is that I do believe that the Cowboys took somewhat of a step back on their roster. I do believe that without Michael Gallup for those opening games versus the Bengals versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we might be in for a slow start. But I still want to fade Jalen Hurts here. I still don't, I'm not ready to buy that the Eagles offense will be one of the best in the league, mainly because I question Jalen Hurts. I know that they have, in terms of talent at, at position for position, they have one of the best units maybe in the league, and they do deserve credit for that. But can Jalen Hurts actually translate to a 12-win season, for example? Maybe not. However, based on their schedule, I do believe that the Cowboys might need 11 at minimum, 11 wins to take home the division. I think that if you win 10 ball games, the Eagles might, might end up getting the best of you, especially if you go to the head-to-head -head tiebreaker. Mo, when was the last time Dallas won the division in back-to-back -back years? Here's Toxic Tom. Man, I would have to guess. I, I would have to guess that it's the same for the for the Super Bowl. It's the same that it is for the Super Bowl. Or did they win it back to back in? No, they didn't. Yeah, I would guess that is the case. Then Toxic Tom, as you said, twenty five years more or less. Because when it happened, it was the Eagles, wasn't it? In two thousand and four. Joey Bella says, we've got now, guys, Ryan All. It's like having Allstate. We're in good hands, <laughs> says Joey Bella. <laughs> Samuel says, Mo wasn't born yet. And believe me, that is actually accurate. Gilbert said the same thing. Mo wasn't even born yet. That is also accurate. I was not. I was born in 1999. <laughs> so I, I wasn't here, guys. I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, just kidding, but... I mean, not kidding about my age. I, I really was not born. But, but yeah, man, it sucks. This might be the season, though. This might be the season. And based on the scores that we saw in the comments tonight, it's happening for the first time. Craig says the commanders are going to be tough. That one I struggle a little bit, with, uh, a little bit more with because just like with Jalen Hurts, I just don't, I'm not ready to buy into the Carson Wentz conversation in Washington. They do have some playmakers. They do have Terry McLaurin. Their offensive line flies under the radar, in my opinion. They've got some young players there that can work. But I think they're not there yet. I don't think that the commanders will be able to make a lot of noise in 2023, in 2022, excuse me. Now, the Giants are more or less the same. They do have a lot of names on that team. And if Brian the Bull works out 
they might be onto something there with the Giants, especially after such a strong draft class. But this will not be the year, right? It will take time under Brian Duvall before they reach a point in which they are ready to compete with the Cowboys and with the Eagles, so on and so and so on. But we'll see what happens. We'll have more Cowboys-Eagles conversations over the following weeks here on primetime before the season starts. But in the meantime, I wanted to touch on this topic at least a little bit and outline those two reasons why I would be concerned. Number one, the fact that the Eagles have such an easy schedule and how statistically that will help them have a superior record to their projected win total. And number two, the fact that they do have a very good offensive line. Probably one of the best in the league, actually. I don't know where they would rank specifically. I would have to take a closer look at it, but they're up there for sure. Now, let's move on to some more of league-wide news. Baker Mayfield got traded to the Carolina Panthers. He got traded for a conditional, conditional fifth rounder, wait for it, for the 2024 NFL draft. So I want to know your thoughts, your instant reaction to this. Who won the Baker Mayfield trade? Because there are some uh, financial details involved because the Browns are going to take on some of this cap hit. To be specific, the Browns will pay $10.5 million to Baker Mayfield this season, and the Panthers will pay more or less $5 million. And that's Baker Mayfield agreeing to a pay cut as well. Fifth rounder for 2024, and the pick is actually a conditional pick. Man, this was a steal for the Panthers. It was. Even if it doesn't work out, they get a chance at a quarterback that has been in the league for a while, that has shown a lot of flashes, because I know that we remember the last version of Baker Mayfield, but the guy was more than hurt. The guy was destroyed physically. He didn't have a shoulder, basically, and he was out there playing football. I don't think that we've seen the last from Baker Mayfield. I think the Panthers will get a good version of Baker. Carolina won this trade, in my opinion, but let's see some of your takes here. Uh, a lot of people are going with the Panthers. We've got MJ going with the Panthers, Gilbert as well. Charlene says, I thought that Baker had retired. Carolina for Samuel. Uh, let's see. I thought uh, Baker to conditional picks is Gilbert. Tom was her defense top five last year. This is Gregory. They're having a conversation about defense there. I would say yes, by the way, based on efficiency at least. Tammy goes with the Panthers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, the Eagles, the, the, the Browns, excuse me, are in a very tough spot right now because as they await the Deshaun Watson decision, they might end up in 2022 without Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield if he gets suspended for the entire season, right? The Browns might be in for a rough year, even if later they do get Deshaun Watson and things work out for them, football-wise. But for now, I think the Panthers get a big win on this one. 
Sam Darnold was clearly not it. So maybe the other pick from 2018 is the guy. Baker Mayfield might be it. I do wonder if Jimmy G is kind of a possibility for the Browns at this point. If Watson gets suspended, I, I, I am very intrigued as to where Jimmy G ends up in. Major impact of this trade is the, is the fact that the Seattle Seahawks are not getting Baker anymore. So the Seahawks are seemingly rolling with Drew Locke. Samuel says Deshaun Watson should be lifetime banned. That's something that I agree with. I, I am so disappointed with the whole Deshaun Watson situation. Like you look at the details of the case. It does not look good for Deshaun Watson, man. It does not look good. Toxic Tom says, Mode Browns always have it rough. The team has zero luck. But then, didn't they, didn't they know a lot about the Deshaun Watson situation before they gave him the first ever fully guaranteed $230 million contract? Like, yes, I know that the Browns have had a lot of tough breaks. This doesn't seem like a tough break to me, though. This seems like they knew exactly what was going on and still went with it. Kind of feels like it to me, though. Uh, let's see. Brown's still trash for years, is MJ. There you go. Someone mentioned the Amari Cooper, uh, the Amari Cooper trade and how they got instant karma. I didn't get to see who it was with that comment. But yeah, man, the Browns paid a fifth rounder for Amari Cooper. And now they give away Baker Mayfield for a conditional 2024 fifth rounder. There you go. The NFL works like that sometimes. The trades are widely unpredictable. I would have thought that the Browns were going to get a day two pick for Baker Mayfield at worst. Like, think about how much the commanders paid for Carson Wentz and how much... In their moment, the Colts paid for Carson Wentz. It's crazy with the with the trade market in the NFL. But there you go. The Panthers do have their new quarterback. I think it's a major move for them. I don't think that they're going to win the NFC South or anything like that. But now, Matt Rule has someone to save his job with, maybe. Like, Matt Rule could make Baker Mayfield work potentially, and save his job because he's one of the coaches with the hottest seats right now in the NFL. But anyways, before we do get out of here, before we get out of here, it is Wednesday night. And as we do every Wednesday, we've got the One Cool Thing segment. So what is your One Cool Thing of the week? Remember, it can be sports-related, non-sports-related, something personal, professional, whatever you want it to be. Let us know in the comments what is your one cool thing of the week. I'm going with something sports related, by the way, this week. I'm going that, that route. And by the way, while you think of yours and while you type those one cool things in the comments, do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. Every like allows us to put this show in front of more Cowboys fans. And remember that you should check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content more uh, Mavericks content as well. Daily new articles are up there on the website. So one cool thing of the week for me is, oh, I actually had two now that I think about it. 
I will tell you the first one, and then I will circle back to the second one. George Russell jumping out of his vehicle in the Formula One race to check on Sue after he crashed, flipped, and we had we saw that scary image out of the racing world this weekend. And George Russell sacrificing his race so he can run over to the vehicle and see if the driver is okay. Man, that was a goosebumps moment in sports last weekend. So I'm going with that as my one cool thing of the week. I wanted to load up the picture. Didn't do it in time. But if you guys saw it, it was a pretty amazing moment. So there you go. That's my one cool thing of the week. MJ says, we'll be celebrating the 28 years of life on Monday. So happy birthday to MJ. That's amazing. Uh, congratulations on that. Gregory says, the Dodgers are back in first place in the National League. That That's not that cool, Gregory. As a Yankees fan, I will say that. That's not, one, that, that's not that cool. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Valerie says, watching the Cowboys play against the Philadelphia Eagles on the NFL Network channel. Jennifer says, we're one week closer to training camp. That's cool. Thomas says, we signed a kicker. The Cowboys did. That's right. Larry Mahirulahu back on the Cowboys. And then my second one cool thing of the week is that NFL Mexico and NFL on Facebook, because they, they have these geolocated posts actually picked up a quote from my interview with Isaac, with the great Isaac, and, you know, posted it and actually credited my show in Spanish, you know, Primero Cowboys. So that was a pretty amazing moment as well. They quoted Isaac talking about how once he told his friends here in Mexico that, hey, don't be surprised if someday I am in the NFL, which sounds impossible for college players here in Mexico. And hey, look at him. He's heading into his third year with the Cowboys in the practice squad. The Orioles might get their first series sweep tonight, says Toxic Tom. All right, that's a one cool thing. That's a one cool thing just because they're not a threat uh, in baseball, Toxic. Gilbert says, cool thing of the week, Mo is a Peter Parker of the Cowboys community. He's our friendly neighbor, Cowboys Spider-Man neighbor. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Gilbert. Thank you for that. I will take that nickname uh, proudly, and I will wear it with honor. But anyways, <laughs> Gregory says, Mo, that's ice cold. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor and hit the like button. <laughs> toxic Tom says, and I am toxic. I know, I know. That was toxic from me. The ironic part is that right after I said that, Gilbert called me the friendly neighbor, <laughs> Cowboy Spider-Man. <laughs> there you go. Do me a favor, though, and smash the like button. Share the stream, and I will see you tomorrow night to close out the primetime week here on ADC Sports Dallas. But do me a favor, and also, aside from the like, check out adcsports.com. We've got new articles every day up there on the website, so do that. And I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you, guys. Have a fun Wednesday night. Bye-bye.